At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. All right, Stephen Bond, let's do it again. It is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We head out to New Jersey on the phone and say what's up to my partner, Michael Lombardi. Michael, how you feeling, man? Uh, we're doing good, Patrick. We're getting this thing going here. We just had a little technical difficulties to start the show. I think it's the cold weather might have frozen something in this building, but you know, it was a it was a heck of a night last night here at the Borgata, and uh, we'll get it back going by the next block for sure. Yeah, they, they, to talk to you. they, it, I, they lost power. You I'm doing great, man. They So you lost yeah. some power over there. The weather inclement, as you mentioned. But don't worry, we're going to get Michael on TV here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Uh, we catch our breath after yesterday, I guess, is the best place to start, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, there's no doubt it's the best place to start. I think... Uh, you know, for me, watching the first game and watching the Zach Taylor's, uh, you know, quarterback get sacked nine times, I was perplexed. And I, and I just felt like it, sometimes you watch a game and you handicap the game the right way and the other team just made more plays. And Ryan Tannehill's inability to protect the football, which has been the reason the Titans have lost all season when they do lose, cost them the game. I really felt like Patrick going for two when you had the ball was from the one yard line was a mistake. I thought it then. I thought the worst call of the game was third and one when they're sitting there in shotgun. They're going to win the game if they keep driving the ball and they don't get the first down. And as we said on the program yesterday, what decides most of these games, playoff games, third and short? And yeah. they decided that one. Uh, you, you put it perfectly, the nine sacks of Burrow. However, more efficient as far as third down, uh, Bengals 7 of 15. Tennessee just 1 of 8 third down efficiency. That's not going to get it done. No, and they were really good going into the game. It's one of the strengths of their team this season was their ability. They were fifth in the National Football League and being able to convert third downs. And they were sixth in the National Football League and being able to stop third downs. And so they didn't do that in the game. And then they turned the ball over. You know, in spite of all this, they had an opportunity to win, and they have nobody to blame but themselves. I mean, they had third and one, really, from the from the the, the, the Bengals. They're in Bengal territory. If they get that first down, all he's going to do is line up and sneak it, and now they're going to keep the ball. They're probably going to win the game. And, you know, they have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, they, they allowed uh, the team. But I think if they play Cincinnati ten times, they're going to beat them seven. They allowed Cincinnati to steal a win, and, and really Cincinnati comes away with it and, and didn't have to do a whole lot. You know, they turned the ball over, which their defense give them credit for. Chase made a great play on a hit screen. You don't tackle a guy out in space. 
and the next thing you know, you're, you're on your way to the conference championship game. Straight up win as a four-point dog there for the Bengals. Proper correlation, the dog to the under, under 48 and a half, 1916, the final there in Tennessee. Uh, on that Bengals side, outside of the leaky offensive line, what were the positives you took from that team? Well, I think their resiliency, and I think the one thing that, that, you know, their field goal kicker is outstanding, making long kicks in cold weather, pressure kicks. You know, when they went for that kick at the end, right, right before they half, I'm thinking to myself, this is a dangerous kick because you're going to, if he misses it, it's a turnover, and you're going to get the ball back. The Titans could go back and, and do that. And I think the other thing that they did a great job, and they won the middle eight, Patrick. You know, they yep. turned the ball over on the first play of the game. They got control of the middle eight. They scored. They scored at the end of the half, and they scored to start the second half, and ultimately that was the difference in the game. Those 10 points in the middle eight really won the game for them. And it's the three interceptions by Tannehill. I mean, they ran the ball fine, right, Michael? If you're looking at Tennessee, they got pressure on Burrow. Defensively, they were fine. It's just the three picks were the difference in the game. They got pressure on Burrow, more than pressure on Burrow. They destroyed, I mean, I, I was wondering if Burrow was going to get up some of the times. You know, and they played the run really well. I mean, they couldn't move the football on on the run game. The defensive front of the Titans dominated the game. This Bengal offensive line, as we said yesterday, bad lines don't travel. They didn't travel very well, but they made enough plays, and Burrow was resilient. And, you know, the third down, the pass over to uh, Jamar Chase against two men that, you know, that they don't cover very well, that that uh, Janoris Jenkins or Jackrabbit Jenkins, as we call him now, you know, was trying to guess on where the route was going, and he got beat badly. And, look, there's another play in the game that we didn't talk about. Jenkins has got an interception for a touchdown that he drops, and he usually catches those balls. He usually has really good hands. This was Cincinnati's day. I think, you know, if you told me that, that how would the Titans lose the game, and it always came down to if they turned the ball over. I just didn't think they could create turnovers. These turnovers were unforced errors. I mean, the first play of the game, he's throwing the ball. He sees the safety over there. He throws it right to him. The interception when they're driving the ball in the, in the third quarter, you know, that Hilton picks off. He, all he's going to do is throw the ball away around him. And he makes that mistake. And then at the end of the game, he's throwing the ball in the cloudy coverage. I thought that was pass interference, Patrick, but I they agree. weren't on anything. So hats off to him. Yeah, Michael. Um, to him. I, here's the other thing I want to make a point please. of, too. I've never been a part of a game where you get nine sacks and the opponent can't block you and you get no holding calls in the entire game. Yeah. No, that's very well put. And can, may I just back up to the end of the game? So I guess fast forward to the end of the game with Tannehill. The play calling on that drive was reticent. Was there something up? Were they afraid of Tannehill in that spot? I, I don't. I think what they were afraid of was getting the ball back to Cincinnati. I think what Vrabel wanted to do was either win the game or go to overtime. I didn't think he wanted the ball to go back to Cincinnati. So I think he was willing to take that clock down. And I was with him then. I was really with him. When he got the ball, it was 2.43 to go in the game. You know, and he starts coming out, and they get the ball, and, and they start running some time down. And the next thing you know, on third and five, I thought they probably could have either run the ball or run some kind of play that would have been a little bit safer. Because Zach Taylor only had, I think they had just two timeouts. They had one timeout left at that point in the game. Well, they had two timeouts. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and, and you didn't want him to. The worst thing you could do there is turn it over, punt, make them play on a longer field. You know their field goal kickers made it from 50 yards. And I just think situationally, Grable didn't have his best day yesterday. And I think ultimately his offensive coordinator didn't have his best day either. I think this game's going to go back to that third and one call when they have a chance. They're sitting there third and one. 
with eight minutes to go in the game at the Cincinnati 35, and they don't get the first down. Michael, we're going to be handicapping the Bengals, obviously, moving forward, and in doing so, talking about Burrow. Is he culpable for these sacks? Because these are going to catch up to him. You're not going to get sacked nine times and win the football game moving forward, although they did yesterday. I think some of them are on him and some of them on Zach Keller. There's no doubt. You know, some of them are on him. I think, you know, he, he, he's got to throw the ball. When they squeeze the protection the one time, you know, and he didn't block the guy coming off the edge, he has to throw it hot off the guy coming off the edge. And I think that Zach Taylor's protections are concerning. And so when you look at this, you know, you're, you're really got away with a, you really got away with something. And one thing we now know is three turnovers are greater than nine sacks. I mean, that's the way we yeah. can put it. And so, you know, and, and I just think to me, there is a weakness in their Cincinnati protection. Plus he started to get hit and he started to get bounced around, but he's resilient. He made enough plays at the end of the game, but I think this is on both coaching and player. I really do. You know, just as an aside, that little hitch that you mentioned, Jamar Chase, man, is he explosive. He is fun to watch. I mean, it was, it's just, there are two or three plays a game with Chase where he just completely makes a difference. He really does. And, you know, Tennessee is one of the best, one of the reasons I liked him in the game to cover was they are a really good tackling team. They're one of the best yards after catch eliminating teams in the league. And they usually do a really good job. They're fast on defense. And look, I, I mean, when you hold a team to 16 points, you, you've got a chance to win. We'll talk about the Packer game. But I, I think this is really, this is a game Tennessee lost more than I think Cincinnati won. And the, the unforced errors by Tannehill cost them. I mean, you can't do that. The first play of the game, you know, you've drilled that play the whole time. You get in a formation. You think you're going to get something. And you're going to make sure you have a really good play. You run play action because everybody thinks you're going to give the ball to Henry. And yet you turn the ball over and give them three free points. And then, I, I mean, I know everybody thinks the ball from the one-yard line is the best call, but why not just kick the extra point there? Why, why is two points better than one at that point in the game? You know, why do that? And then they, don't, then they run that play and they don't get the first down. They don't, they don't get it in the end zone. He didn't extend it out. I mean, he had a chance to, to cross the goal line. I thought if he extended the ball out, and he didn't do it because who cares if you fumble at that, on that point, right? It doesn't matter. So, I, I mean, Tennessee did everything in their power to lose the game. Hats off to Cincinnati. I just don't think Cincinnati can go on the road again, whether it's in Buffalo, whether it's in Kansas City, with this offensive line and this protection and find ways to continue to win. It's amazing. Just the scope of the nine sacks. The Titans are the first team to lose a playoff game while having nine sacks in a game since the merger in 70. The Bengals are the first team to win a playoff game while allowing nine sacks since 66 in the Kansas City Chiefs. It was just, that game was upside down. It really was. And, you know, there was, there was no way. That, and, and as bad as it was going for Tennessee, they fight their way to get back in the game. You know, they get that interception, which I don't know if you could have overturned it. I, I thought it was an interception. I mean, I know the ball touched the ground, but I thought he had control. Of the I agree. I thought he had so it, I too. I agree with I you. Wasn't, I didn't think that was a bad call. They put the ball in the end zone. Now you're up 16-16. You get the ball now. You got the ball to go. And you got the ball third and one at this Bengal 35. This is when you've got to impose your will. And you go into shotgun and you try to run an RPO. I mean, that's one of the worst calls of the day. And we said it all along. And this is what's disappointing about the Titans is these games, these championship-level games are, are ultimately decided by who converts third and short, who converts fourth and short. 
and Cincinnati and Tennessee didn't do it. They didn't do it on on fourth and short from the one yard line on the two point play, and they didn't do it at the thirty five. And they have no one to blame but themselves. They had the best short year. They had one of the best short yardage teams in football, and they couldn't do it. Okay, Michael, get off the phone. Go over there. Get back on TV. Okay, we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, there he is, Michael Lombardi. We had some power issues out at the Borgata, but we're good to go, baby. When we come back, we're going to talk about that loss at home by Rodgers and the Packers. Get you set up. Of course, noon my time. If you're on the East Coast, 3 o'clock your time. The Rams, Tampa Bay, that number is two and a half, three. And then, of course, Kansas City hosting Buffalo. That number is all the way down to one, one and a half with Kansas City laning. We're just getting started here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, you know it. Football season is here. The king of sports books, BetMGM has you covered. Simply go to betmgm.com or download the BetMGM app. If you're in town here in Nevada, bring your Nevada state issued ID to an MGM property and you're ready to bet within minutes. Got to be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have an issue, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Michael, we'll properly get this show started now as we say hi. <laughs> and get it. Oh, Hey, Patrick. always something, bro. Always something, right? Well, yeah, we worked it out. It was you all got, good. No, we you nailed a little it. power outage. We, we had a little power outage. We're good, though. We're back. We're, we're doing good. We're better than Big Daddy today. I can tell you that right now. My man Big Daddy was not happy last night. It was a full force, absolute, uh, complete meltdown by his Packers, and he's not a happy fo- he's not a happy fellow. So just so people know at home, Big Daddy Vince is Michael's yeah. cousin. And yeah. uh, he is Vince Lombardi. Lifelong Packer fan. He's a lifelong, lifelong Packer, Packer fan. fan and a lifelong Matt LaFleur hater. So we should get into yeah. this. This is obviously a loss for Rodgers and Packers. Another correlation as the dog wins outright on the field, stays under the posted total. Uh, where do you want to start? My guess is we want to start with special teams where we left off yesterday. Well, I mean, we talked about it all year. You know, at some point, when was he? You know, all these people that want to vote for LaFleur for Coach of the Year, I kept saying, look, if he's Coach of the Year, if you're going to vote for him for Coach of the Year, then why doesn't he fix the special teams? Why doesn't he ever get that? Why are they so bad in the kicking game? If you're going to give this gentleman the Coach of the Year because he is the head coach, which, you know, that's ultimately what the head coach of the year is. He's fixed all the problems through the season. Then what? how do you explain the, the horrendous special team play? Nobody can. 
And what always happens in most in most games is whatever your weakness is shows up at the most inopportune time. And it did last night. They can't, I mean, they can't even block a field goal. They couldn't block on the field goal. They kicked that field goal, they probably win the game. They can't block it. They weren't even rushing the punter on the on the field goal on the punt block. <laughs> they were in safe mode. They weren't not they were, I mean, Willis just went in there and got his hand in there. Nobody anchored down. I mean, it wasn't even a punt block. That's the other factor that nobody wants to talk about. They weren't in an all-out punt block, we're going to get this ball. No, they just happenstance walked into it. And then on the last play of the game, you don't even have 10 men on the – you don't even have 11 men on the field. And yet you want to make this guy the, head, the, 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 the coach of the year? He's coaching Aaron Rodgers. And let's go back. Last year he gave up five sacks in a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. He gave up five more sacks last night. He doesn't do anything to help the quarterback when the other team's rushing for and dominating his offensive line. That's what happened. They double-teamed Adams. They rushed four, and they said, okay, somebody else beat us. And they had no answer. And everybody, well, Rodgers didn't play well. No, 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 no. It was a horrendous game plan. And it's happened every year. It's, this is the second time. And, and that's what I tweeted out today. Look, we are trying to – we've eliminated the word head in front of coach. You know, we know this. LaFleur is a subcontractor. He's in charge of the offense. Last year when the defense failed him, he's on the headset. When Mike Pettin calls cover three and they throw the ball over his head for the touchdown to Scotty, to, to Scotty Turner, right, at the end of the half, that was coaching malpractice. So Mike Pettin got fired for that. Now his special teams coach will get fired. Right, So after every championship game or divisional game, you know, LaFleur has an excuse he's going to fire somebody else. Like, at some point, when does he stand up and take responsibility for what's been happening on the field? He never fixed this all year long. It never happened. Like, don't tell me, well, they got bad players. Well, find better players. Find special teams players. Work on special teams. This wasn't about players. How about protecting? Punt protection. Field goal protection. Let's throw it up as a visual. Elliot, good job. Stephen, go ahead and throw up the final game winner from Robbie Gould there, a 45-yarder. Michael, we have it. This is calamitous. There's 10 players on a special team unit there for Green Bay. I mean, in the biggest game, biggest spot of the year, they've got 10 players uh, attempting to block the game winner there. That is, that's a joke. Well, and, and LaFleur's on the same headset, but you would think he would be talking to a special teams coach, right? You would think he would be doing that, but he doesn't, see? And so everybody absolves him. Everybody says, well, it's okay, because we have decided to devalue the head coaching position in the National Football League. We've decided to say it doesn't, you know, he's just going to call plays, right? And Big Daddy makes a great point. Big Daddy makes a great point last night. What drives Big Daddy Vince, my cousin, crazy is why is LaFleur rousing the crowd up? Like, Green Bay Packer fans don't need any advice on how to cheer. I mean, they're they go to the game early. They, they got enough bourbon in them to keep them warm, and they're going to yell the entire game. Like, they don't need LaFleur to incite them to go up. He should be focusing on the game, not focusing on making the crowd cheer. Like, seriously, he should. And you say, well, he's won so many games. No, Rodgers has won so many games. They've over Rodgers has overcome this, and we said it all along. And what did we say on this program? At some point, the special teams is going to bite them. We've said it. You can find it. It's all documented. I've said it on my podcast. I've said it all over. And it did because he never corrected it. And what's Jerry Jones upset about with Mike McCarthy? That he never corrected the problems with penalties. We'll see what Mark Murphy has to say about this one with the Green Bay Packers. And let's hear what Aaron Rodgers has to say. After the game, obviously, the speculation continues. Will he or won't he be a Packer next year? Here's what he had to say. Nope. I mean... 
you know, so many guys' contracts are, are up or on the brink or salary cap stuff. So a lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild uh, if, you know, if I'm going to keep playing. So uh, a lot of decisions, you know, in the next couple of months. Okay, a downshot in Aaron Rodgers. And, Michael, you're 100% right. Special teams, the difference here. Is it not realistic, though, to expect greatness from Aaron Rodgers in these spots? Well, I think he's got to have some help, right? I mean, he's, he was under pressure the entire game, rushing four. I mean, the, the Packers couldn't block him. They couldn't block Armstead inside. They didn't have an answer for it, you know, and, and they didn't really have a plan to attack other than when, when they took Adams out of the game. I mean, that's just what it is. And so a lot of that shows up on, on Rodgers. Well, he didn't play very well. No, it shows up on the game plan. Like at some point, you've got to be able to help him out. At some point, you got to figure it out. Look, Tom Brady didn't play well in his last Super Bowl with New England, but in the last drive of the game, Josh McDaniels and the and the Patriot coaching staff figured it out. Right? We're going to get in this formation. We're going to do this, and here's how we're going to have a final drive of the game. And that's exactly what happened with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play well, and yet in the final drive, they did enough to win the game. And so, like, at some point, you've got to stop blaming the players and blame the guy who's in charge of it. Because if you want to make him coach of the year, at some point, when does he assume the responsibility? To me, I, I, I've been saying this about, about this the whole time. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's just the devaluation of the head coach, and particularly in Green Bay, where Mark Murphy, the president, wants to be in charge of the team, and this is what you're going to get. Uh, we D'Amico Ryans in this 49er defense, that was special because the yep. offense was floundering all game, as you know, Michael, and this defense just kept on hanging in, kept on getting third down stops. That was an incredible performance. It's not, the special teams was great, obviously, in the difference in the game, but the defense is really the glue that held the 49ers in this miss. Well, I think there's no doubt, and I think the speed of the 49ers defense was really, really telling, and you could feel it. You know, they rallied to the football. They tackled really well. You know, I mean, they, they made a plays. I mean, they dropped the coverage one time, and yet they were able to to pick it up. You know, they got away with that on the Aaron Jones when, when Rodgers escaped, and he made the big play down the field. So, for me, I think there's no doubt that, you know, the speed of this defense was a real problem. Armstead was dynamic. Armstead was Bosa amazing. Was Armstead and Bosa I mean, were just incredible. You rarely ever see Aaron Rodgers get caught from behind, and Nick Bosa caught oh. him from behind. It was really impressive. And, look, they rushed for They created so many problems for him, and it was really, it was really hard. And so – I mean, look, there's no, this is the second time that the Packers' offensive line and their scheme failed to meet the challenge that was presented in front of them. And, and then ultimately they have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, ultimately they're going to ruin I mean, think about this. Somebody tweeted this out. The Baltimore Ravens have won as many Super Bowls as the Green Bay Packers who had at Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and the Baltimore Ravens had Trent Dilfour and, and uh, I forget who the other quarterback was that won the title. Think about that. Joe Flacco. Oh, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Joe Flacco, yeah. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, you've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for th – and this is one of Vince's big – Big Daddy Vince's biggest complaints. I mean, they've had two generational style, and they've won two trophies is all they've won. Because you can just listen to Rodgers. You know, will he come back? I doubt it. They're going to rebuild. We're going to find out how good of a coach LaFleur is. They're in one of the worst cap situations other than the New York Giants going into the offseason. They don't have Adams under contract. They're going to lose a lot of players. 
And once they lose the quarterback, I mean, they're going to go right back to the bottom of the north. Yeah, three teams are in absolute cap hell, that being the Saints, the Packers, and the Giants. And the Packers are well over the cap. So I have to ask you, while Garoppolo wasn't great, they do win in advance. Is Garoppolo, does this buy him a year with the 49ers? Got to ask you. I think it has to. I mean, look how endearing the team is to Garoppolo. Even when he doesn't play great, they love him. And what, what's to me, and I keep saying, there's no role for Lance. Like some of those short yardage, wouldn't you think you put, I mean, as creative as Kyle is getting the ball to Debo, like wouldn't you think Lance, if he showed anything, that they would put him in in some of those situations? And they don't. Like, I don't think they trust him. I really don't. And I think it's remarkable that they've been able to get to the conference championship game, gave away all those draft picks, and don't have a first-round pick helping them this year. Did Kyle Shanahan swing by the crib and pick up some long johns from you? My man was cold <laughs> at that game, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, yeah, he was, but, he, he was but he won. But he won two of the three phases like we talked about. He, he absolutely did. And the one thing, the galvanization around Jimmy G does seem to be real. I 100% agree. Yeah, no doubt. You can't deny it. You cannot deny it. Let's get into these matchups today. Next, Will Hill joins us here on the Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's Express Bet. First Bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. Receive $10 instantly, up to $1,000 bonus as well. You have to use the promo code Vegas1000. Again, Vegas1000. VSIN.com slash horses for details. All right, divisional weekend here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. This, of course, is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Two games yesterday, two today, Michael. Let's get it started. The Rams at Tampa. Yeah. Of course, oh, this boy. is a rematch. We saw this, a 34-24 win. The Rams were clean. Uh, you mentioned they missed out. It could have been worse as far as the Rams' 10-point yeah. win back in week three. But much has changed since then. I'll, I'll set you up on the number and let you run with it. Uh, this number opened Tampa Bay Lane 3. The total open 48 and a half. We're kind of toggling between two and a half and three, and the total sitting mostly at 48. You, you know, I, I think I, I think if there's one that could go over, I, I actually I like the Buffalo game to go over. I think that'll be more offensive. But this one, to me, I think these are two teams that understand each other and are led by their offenses, and I do think they'll be able to move the football. I think Todd Bowles has to come up with a really good plan, and if you look over the last two seasons of the Rams going against this Buck team, they have done a really good job of handling them. I mean, you, you go back to week three of the season, okay, that we know that wasn't very, you know, we know the Bucks didn't play very well. It was early in the year, but you go back to this game when they played last year, when they were in a, an opportunity, when, when Tampa wasn't, it was week 11 of the season and they weren't really the Tampa that we know, the Rams went down there and they won 27 to 24. It was a close game, but it wasn't as close as the score. I mean, the Bucks scored 10 points, Bucks scored seven points in the, to really kind of close the gap and the Rams were able to run away with it. And I think that that has as much significance as any game because it shows that McVay understands what he's doing. I mean, the Rams threw the ball 51 times in that game two years ago with Jared Goff. They threw for 376. And what shocked me in the first game this year is they blocked them, is they were able to block them. Now, when they played two years ago, the Rams couldn't run the ball at all on them. They couldn't run the ball. They had 20 carries for 37 yards. So they put the ball in Goff's hands, and Goff's did a really good job. So for me, I think this is going to be the huge challenge. And then does Brady trust these other receivers to throw him the ball? I think that's going to be a really hard thing. They're going to probably try to take Gronk out. And if I were the Rams, I would not. I would double Evans, and I would 
put Ramsey on the other receiver and basically tell Brady, where are you going with the football? Michael, I should note that week three meeting was at SoFi in Los Angeles. I bring that up because Raymond James has been kind to the Bucs. The Bucs are 8-1 straight up. They're 7-2 ATS, and they beat teams by an average of 16 points at home. This is going to matter. Now, the conditions are going to be fine, mild, maybe a little windy, but it shouldn't be an issue. No, but, but remember, the game that I'm talking about two years ago was in Tampa yes, Bay. Now, Tampa Bay wasn't playing as good as they are now, as good then. But they couldn't run the ball against the Rams in that game either. So, for me, I think this is – the only reason I bring this game up is because I truly believe McVay understands what Bowles wants to do, and he knows how to attack this secondary. If you can block the front, which the Rams did in the first game, in week three, they blocked them way better. Now, Pierre Paul wasn't playing, and Whitworth was. To me, that's a little bit of a concern, and I think we got to watch that early in the game. Can Note Bloom play left tackle, and where's Pierre Paul? Because for the, for the Bucks to win this game, their defensive front has got to show up. They've got to be able to dominate. They've got to be able to push the center back. They've got to control the middle of the pocket, and they've got to force Stafford into mistakes, much like teams have done down the stretch. And so I think this will be a back-and-forth game. And I lean a little bit towards the over. I do think that's the case. I think both teams will eventually will move the football. Michael, walk me through how the Rams will attack. Again, four touchdown passes in week three for Matthew Stafford. However, just 17 pass attempts and a dominant win over the cards on Monday. What do you expect? They're starting to run the ball. Cam Akers does help with that as well. What do you expect as far as the attack from the Rams? I think they will throw to run. I don't think they'll come out trying to run. I think they'll run, but throw. And I think they're going to try to attack the corner situation, Dean and Davis. I think they're going to try to go after them. And I think they're going to try to, to make plays down the field and really put the pressure on the Bucks. Put the pressure on their secondary. Can they cover? Do they want to play man-to-man? -man? If they want to get in a man-to-man -man game, that's going to be challenging because they don't match up very well in that situation. And then they've got to do a really good job of protecting Note Bloom over at left tackle. Because can Note Bloom handle Pierre Paul or Shaq Barrett, who's ever, whoever they line up over there? That's going to be the key. But they've got to run the game to keep the game in a flow, but they're going to attack in the passing game. And I think it's, it's pass first, run second. Well put. I'm gonna, we're going to circle back to this one. We'll get more in depth later and get your p play, of course, on the Rams visiting the Bucks. Let's circle and just set up Buffalo, Kansas City here. So this open two and a half, the bookmaker said, what do you want to do, betting public? The betting public said, we like Buffalo. I'll get you the MGM splits here in a second. But this number is down to one, one and a half at Kansas City. What do you got to start here? Well, I think the one thing we've seen with Buffalo, I think you go back to the win game in Buffalo when they lost to the Patriots on Monday night and they had the ball first and goal, I think at the six yard line and they threw four passes where they threw three and they tried to field goal and they missed it. I, I think at that moment they realized we have got to put Josh Allen as our main featured runner. And they did. And since that point, Allen has been very dynamic in the run game in the pass game and in the run game. I mean, he has been very good, you know, on the season. You know, when you break it down, he's got 122 attempts over 17 games. I mean, he is really running the ball. He averages 6.3 yards a carry. Singletary only has 188 carries uh, attempts. Think about that, Patrick. Hmm. I mean, the, the disparity between the leading ball carrier and the second, and the second is a quarterback. So this chief team is facing an offense that is really the running game is featured through the quarterback. And that's a problem for a team that wants to play bump and run man-to-man. -man. 
because somebody's got to spy on the quarterback. Now, the last time they played, in all fairness to the Chiefs, they didn't have Chris Jones. They didn't have some of their players. They, they weren't the playing the kind of defense that they're playing now. And they got blown out of the game. I mean, the, the, they really, I mean, Allen threw for over 300 yards. He only had 26 attempts. They dominated the game. The game was over. But I think it'll be a little different game. And I think both teams are going to move the ball on the opposing defense. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth fourth-quarter game. And I think that Allen's got to play to the highest level because that's the key for the Bills. When Allen plays well, it's really good. And I think when you look at this now, I, you know, this, these stats are fascinating when you study Buffalo, right? When you look at them and you see, okay, you know, Buffalo is, you know, when Buffalo plays in these close games, it's, it's really kind of fascinating. When they played against starting quarterbacks, legitimate starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, they're five and six with a plus 27 differential. When they're five, they've played in five one-score games this year. They're 0 and 5. When they play against backup-style quarterbacks, they're 6 and 0 plus 167, and they and they've won each game by at least three scores. So they either blow you out or they get into these one-score games and they have a hard time. And I think this is going to be a one-score game. And I just want to make a note here. That first quarter number, this is odd, but it, I just want to throw it out there. So the Chiefs are a half-point favorite in the first quarter. I bring that up because Buffalo has wasted little time because those first quarters, Michael, have been dominant. They've outscored the last four games, the opponent, 45-2 to two in the first quarter. Something to note. Let, let's add a little flavor to that also. The Bills have had double-digit leads in the first half in 13 games this year. Wow. Including the wild card against the Patriots. In those games, they're 12-1. and one. Great stat. And it can't be stressed enough. It's impossible. We talked about usage rate yesterday uh, in basketball. Josh Allen's is off the charts. Like if his yeah. splits, if he plays well, they win. If he doesn't, they don't. I mean, it's simple as that. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. And he's got to play well in both areas. And I think, you know, you know, when they have to make a play, who's getting the ball? It's Josh Allen. He's getting the ball for sure. I mean, they have come to the they've had their come to Jesus moment in Buffalo where look, Let's stop trying to kid ourselves. This guy's got to run the ball. And like I said, he's only got, essentially, he's got 60 less carries than our leading rusher. And the leading rusher is a tailback. He's got 60 less carries. So the ball's going to be in his hands. The Chiefs know it. And the Chiefs have to come up with a game plan. And Dayball's going to see it in the first quarter, how they want to play it. And Dayball's going to have two or three runs early in the game to try to see how they're going to want to play this run game. And he's going to run it. And he's going to continue to run it like he did the second half against the Tampa Bay Bucks when they made that comeback. And he's going to do it the entire game. Now, this total open 53, you mentioned you like the over here. It's jump up to 54 and a half. This total is actually low as compared to the last three times these two teams have met. The total was set 55, 55, and 57 in three previous meetings. So they've set this total just a little bit lower. By the way, the over went two and one in those three matchups between the Bills and the Chiefs. It sounds like you're expecting points, points, points. Yeah, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. I don't think it's going to be – I think both these teams, you know, even though the, the – the, first of all, the Bills don't pace the game, right? So the Bills just go. And I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be – and I know people think, well, they're going to run the ball. No, I think they're going to make some plays. I think they're going to throw it, and I think Mahomes is comfortable, and they can throw the ball in a secondary. Look, with Tadarius White's not playing for the Bills. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, that's huge. But they've been able to get away without their best player in the secondary. I don't know if they can do that against, against this uh, Chief team. They had them in the first game. They don't have them now. The Chiefs defensive and ATS turnaround has been miraculous. They're 5-0 ATS their last five home games. Remember, we used to clown them and have a little fun. They'd win, but they never covered. They're covering and they're playing good defense. 
There's no doubt they are. Playing great and defense. They're right there. To be fair. And we know the Bills are not a great one score. I mean, like I said, they're not a great one score team. Good start to the matchups today, Michael Lombardi. When we come back, Will's going to join us. We've got plenty to do. Thomas Gable, Josh Applebaum, a ton. We're packed here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so pick a game today, pick a team, bet $10 on the money line, and if anybody scores a touchdown, you're going to win $200 at BetMGM, the king of sports books. It's that simple. This is a new customer offer paid for in free bets. The bonus code is VSIN200, VSIN200. But again, BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer. Divisional round weekend, of course. Bet 10 bucks, win 200. M Life Rewards, redeemable for rooming and dining when you bet through the app or the website. Uh, you got to be 21 years or older. Please gamble responsibly. If you have an issue, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. We started off on the phone. We got his face back, though. We're good to go. Is it is it that inclement there? What's the weather like? Well, it's cold. I mean, it's freezing. I mean, it's really cold back here. But Where's you know, the scarf, the, this, bro? This, this, uh, I left it. I went with a vest today. So, <laughs> you know, I got to change it up on you, Patrick. Got to change it up on you. <laughs> I hey, you know, I, I, I mean, this place was jumping. They got the fight last night. You had the MMA and you had you yep. know, all these football. I mean, you know, look, let's. As much as we're being critical of, of LaFleur and his performance and the Packers and their special teams and, of course, the Bengals and the Titans, I mean, I thought they were two great games. They were two oh, fun so games fun. to watch. Totally It agree. was so exciting. So, you know, there's nothing to complain about. Looked like a snow globe there at, at, at yeah. Lambeau, right? Big Daddy yeah, Vince no wasn't doubt. happy, but we were happy no. to watch it. Oh, A-Rod a- a- looked cold, too, didn't he? <laughs> He's insufferable. Dude, get off. The television, Alex. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's bring in our buddy Will Hill. You can find the podcast, beeson.com slash podcast. Uh, Will Hill is joining. We're going to talk some props. Sometimes you can attack the games or get a feel for the games looking through the lens of a prop as we say hi to Will. Will, did you want to comment uh, quickly on yesterday's games? 
great games. You know, a lot of people point out the Belichick record with and without Brady and say, you know what? He only won because he had Brady. Look at it now. Rodgers has gone 11 years now. This is Aaron Rodgers, 11 years without making a Super Bowl. And the Packers in general, Favre and Rodgers for 30 years, and they're only going to have two titles, it looks like. Now, who knows what's going to happen with Rodgers, but uh, really just a, a huge missed opportunity to have Rodgers for all this time and, and not make a Super Bowl, you know, since 2010. And, and again, people would say, well, Belichick only won because he had Brady. Uh, just because you have a great quarterback, it doesn't make doesn't mean you're a, a guarantee to get to the Super Bowl to win a Super Bowl. No doubt. Well said, Will. Absolutely. You know, I mean, all those people that say that, you know, but for me and I say it the same thing. I mean, put LaFleur, let LaFleur coach Tennessee's team. Tell me you think he's going to do a good job there. Like, seriously. You know, I had a, a Notre Dame guy that, that I know really well said, you know, when LaFleur was the quarterback coach at Notre Dame, the quarterback had the worst season ever, you know. And so, like, he wasn't surprised that this is happening. But Rodgers, as we said yesterday, is the great deodorant. He covers up everybody's sins, except yesterday he couldn't do it. Was that Barbershop Mike that said something about no, Notre no. Dame? No, 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 Barbershop Mike, he doesn't know quite as much about the coaching staff and all that. He's just looking for the, he just goes right to the, the column. <laughs> to be fair, he's in his 90s. I mean. Yeah, gotta, no, I know. He's doing fair. well, too, by and the he way. Do, and he's killing it. Okay, let's start with Gronkowski. I think he had 44, Will, in the week three matchup with the Rams. You're going to go over this opposed to total, I believe, of 64 and a half for Gronk. Gronk, I'm actually going under. Oh, I just think me. with. No, it's all good. Uh, with Wirfs injured, I think one way to protect Wirfs, protect Brady, is to keep Gronkowski in more as a blocker. Uh, so that'll mean less targets for him, fewer targets. So I'm going to go under 64 and a half just because I think they'll keep him in more to block if Wirfs is either out or not 100%. I don't know that we've got an official word on him, but even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. So uh, more blocking, less receiving, I think, for Gronk. So under 64 and a half. Under. Okay, yeah. great. Uh you know, I, I, I kind of think to me, knowing Brady as well as I do, I think he's, you know, he's going to want Gronk. I mean, I could see him being an 11, 12 personnel with O.J. Howard helping out on Werfs. But, you know, he's only going to throw the ball two guys in this game, Gronk and Evans. And, you know, and I mean, they know that. So you may be right, Will, because they're going to take Gronk, they're going to take Gronk out of the game. I think it's going to be them taking him out more than it is going to be. He's going to stay in a block because Brady's going to want to throw him the football. Okay, we're going to go under on one tight end. Let's go to Higby. And you're going to go over the posted receiving prop of 42 and a half here, Will. Yeah, good matchup here. And I think a really interesting part of this game, Bowles blitzes a lot. And one thing Stafford's really good at, diagnosing the blitz, attacking the blitz. Some of his numbers against the blitz are really good. Uh, this is a good matchup for Higby. Again, if you're going to blitz a lot, tight end could be a safety valve. And again, Devin White probably going to be the matchup on Higby. White is a heat-seeking missile, piles up a million tackles. One thing he's not great at, coverage you can really expose him uh, expose him in coverage uh, I think Higby can have a big day over 42 and a half for Higby you know maybe you can sprinkle in some first touchdown anytime touchdown uh, I think Higby will be a big factor here for the Rams you know I do too I think that they love throwing him the tight end screen he's a to me he is the he is the safety valve when they get away from when they double cup and I think he, he's the matchup that he's got to win one-on-one -on -one, and I think he's capable of doing it I'm with you Will hey uh, I know um, Michael you were concerned about this so I just want to allay your fears Tom Brady has released a hype video for the postseason at, on his Twitter account so I just want to make sure you're cool and you know that Tom, I'm good with it. Tom he, did release he'll be that. ready to go I think he'll be ready to go today I have no doubt about it he'll, right. he's ready to go we haven't seen this type of branding since the Gilded Age my gosh uh, <laughs> let's let's go Cole Beasley his number set for receiving yards at 27 and a half will which way are you going 
Yeah, before I get to that, get ready for all the Brady and Garoppolo and rehashing all that. If Brady wins this game, you're going to have a whole week of that. Uh, Brady versus Garoppolo if Tampa wins this game today. But uh, in terms of Beasley, I like the under. Uh, he's kind of gotten phased out here. Uh, Davis has emerged. Gabriel Davis has emerged for the Bills. Uh, Manuel Sanders is back. Even with that onslaught last week in uh, against the Patriots, only one target for Beasley. So under 27 and a half, that's a, a lot of yards. I'm going to go under here. Just kind of think he's being phased out here. Plus, McKenzie's better than him, Will. Yeah. I mean, McKenzie's a better player, and, they, and they're, be, they're a more explosive offense with McKenzie on the field. I don't disagree. And speaking of Jimmy G and Tom Brady, can somebody check on them all? Can somebody check on them all with Jimmy G going to the conference championship game? Uh -oh. I hope he's okay. Uh -oh. I mean, I hope he's okay. I mean, I can't wait to see his rant on that one. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> who, do you like in, who, who do you like in the games, Will? Give us your picks in the games because you've been on fire. You're 6-1 and one in this playoff run. I lean towards both home teams. I feel like everyone's picking the Bills. Everyone's picking the Rams. I lean both home teams. I'm not opposed to, if you're going to tease the dogs, you can tease the Rams through the three and through the seven up to eight and a half. You can tease the Bills up to seven and a half. That's probably not a good bet, uh, not a bad bet. Chiefs, my best bet the whole day is the Chiefs over. I just think that's 34, 31, 37, 34. I think that's going to go way over the total. Uh, 58 points scored last time. That's with 100 yards of offensive penalties. That Sunday night game, that was Carl Sheffer's crew. And the Chiefs had a drive go to the 10, get no points, and another drive go to like the 8 and get no points. To me, this is a game where you can't punt, can't kick field goals. To me, this is a, a shootout. I still lean with Mahomes and Reed at home. Uh, so I, I still lean Chiefs. And same thing, just in a close game, it's hard for me to pick Stafford over Brady. As much as we can analyze these games and look at all the different matchups, to me, it still comes down to the quarterbacks. Brady, I trust more at home. Uh, I, I could see both, both home teams winning by a field goal. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, we saw two proper correlative uh, betting games yesterday with the dogs and the unders. Do you expect to where, – where are you at on these totals? I'll give you the numbers. We're sitting 48 in Tampa Bay, and we're sitting mm, 54, 54 and a half at Kansas City there, Will. Yeah, I'm sure the books – I'm sure uh, Carl Johnson and Thomas Gable loved the unders yesterday, loved the underdogs oh, the books, winning. The books killed it yesterday. We oh, know I'm that. sure. Absolutely. Thank God. I, I, can't, I can sleep at night now knowing Good the books them. did well. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think the overs could make a comeback. Like I said, I like the Chiefs bills over Rams bucks. I, I lean towards the over. Uh, I could see both both overs making a comeback yesterday. As good as the games were yesterday, that was some ugly football at times. I mean, the games were exciting, intense, but a, a lot of mistakes, a lot of kind of bad football. I could see uh, both overs making a comeback today. Do you have a, yeah, do you have I, a I vibe mean, on those totals, I, Michael? I, I, I'm, I'm with Will. I lean a little over. I think this Bucks. I think, but one thing we know, McVeigh can attack. McVeigh can attack Bowles, and he knows how to do it, and he's got the weaponry to do it. And I think the same thing with the Bucks. I mean, Gronk and Evans. That gives you enough. I mean, uh, the one thing we know for sure, Ramsey can't cover everybody. And if they can block up front, and I'm sure that, you know, Ryan Jensen's going to play. I think he has to play. But uh, they can give help to Werfs if he doesn't play. So I do think Brady will have a good day today. I think he will have to throw the football effectively to win. Before we say goodbye, Will, Will, a uh, Vikings fan, who's in the uh, driver's seat there for head coach uh, for the Vikings? Do you know? My guess would be Bienemy, but it's hard because they haven't pinpointed a GM, so it would be just a guess. I, I would like Rodgers as a quarterback. Maybe he could pull a Favre and, uh, you know what, it's not working out in Green Bay. He could just switch over to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's going to be a lot of Rodgers. There's going to be a lot of quarterback discussion these next few months. It'll be fun. It'll keep the uh, it'll be a little NFL hot stove you know, between Wilson, Watson, Rodgers. It should be, uh, should be fun. 
Yeah, it's going to be really fun. It's going to be interesting to see how the Packers manipulate this because their roster is going to be, if they trade him, it's going to be a rebuild. And do they have the right, do they have the right organization to rebuild? That's going to be a really hard question to answer. Mike, are one, they going to? One they, more. Yeah, please. Go yeah, ahead. sorry. One more thing. If you get any scoops about these quarterbacks, Lombardi, let's not tweet it out. You have my phone number. You text me so I can out before we okay yeah. let's let's oh, get that's our right. that's, yeah here. you and bill berman you and bill berman that's right i gotta i have an absolute mandate by you and bill berman to any inside information i get i have to leak it to you both i got it <laughs> i'm with money you. Be, green. Money be green money be green you're a lucky man michael lombardi do you are you going to be on yeah. the green zone later today will yeah three o'clock for the uh the bucks and the rams we'll do the green okay. zone we'll be watching thank you Beautiful. very much and don't forget to check out the pod new york city cast over at beeson.com slash podcast thank you will appreciate it check them out Full coverage today on the green zone as well. He got the, what do you call that? The bat phone there that you got? The bat oh, text? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got to get, yeah. I mean, I got yelled at by both of them. I mean, it, literally, they both, and then they both text me the same thing. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> All right, we continue here on the Lombardi line. Another hour to go. Thomas Gable, Josh Applebaum, Michael Lombardi breaking down the games here at Divisional Round 2022. It's a Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.